It's a blessing to be in church, especially on a, on a Wednesday night. A nice, warm Wednesday night, to say that. Take your Bibles, go to Ma Matthew chapter 20. And uh, I, I was reading through a passage, and I got a couple things off of it. It's always been a problem. This has been a problem passage for me. I ne didn't necessarily like it. I thought it was unfair. Uh, but then as you read through the passage, you start seeing some things, and you say, Lord, wait a second. And uh, so I started looking at some other stuff, and... And uh, it's just an interior passage. Take your Bibles again. Go to uh, Matthew 20, verse 1. You can stand. It ain't going to hurt you. You know, we should be, y'all be able to reverence the Word of God. You reading the Bible, man. Them guys back there sometimes stood all day uh, while they were reading. They, and they came and asked him to pull the Word of God out and read to him. Verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, uh, he sent them into his vineyard, and, and he went out about the third uh, hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, Go ye into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for letting us come to church tonight, and we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's an interesting passage. Uh, can I get a couple of you guys to come up here for just a second? Uh, just, just a second. Y'all got to fold something and unfold it and then fold it back up. Come here. If you'll take this, be careful on that last page on this one because it's glued in there. And just you go across the floor that Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Careful, careful, careful. Now that last page will fold right out. Hold it. Don't let it rip off. Now hold it up. Hey, uh, yeah, you come here. Andrew, get out here in the middle on this side. And just hold that middle up right over here somewhere. Now that, that right there is history from the time uh, it starts right here. And, it's, and I ain't going to say all of it's correct. I would never say. It starts with Cain and Abel back here, Adam and Eve. And it goes all the way down through here and keeps going. And, and by the time you get way, way down here somewhere, uh, I just wanted to, this is going to be more of a teaching lesson tonight. Right here is about where Jesus, this is where Jesus Christ comes into this picture. That's 4,000 years of history. This here is another 2,000 here. And we're sitting out here at the very end of this thing, like right in here. Now let's see if y'all can fold that thing back up. That's going to be impressive. It has to start with you. Just, just one page at a time. Or you can have him folded up and he can come to you. Now you, you would say to yourself, why would he do that? Well, this passage that you're reading here, he sits here and he says he goes out the, at the beginning of the day. That's right at the beginning of the church age, when the church age started 2,000 years ago. He went out early in the morning. And then it said he went out at the third hour, which would put you at about 9 o'clock. Then he went out at the... The uh, uh, sixth hour, which would put you about at, at noon. Then he went out at the ninth hour, which would put you at three o'clock. And then he, he went out at the eleventh hour, which is just an hour before the day ends. And uh, he's going to be saying, put your sign on. How come you didn't hold the sign up back there? Adam did. <laughs> Adam got my attention. Where's Adam at? He's up there doing, yeah, we had to get him to do some training on that sign. <laughs> what we need to do is put back there a red light up here at the top that starts flashing. 
And that might get my attention too. All you do is flip a switch at that time. But what you're getting here is, is what I want to see, show you there is so many times, brethren, we get into a mode of thinking in our life that's all about us and where we're at right now. And, and we forget about history. There is, there is 6,000 years of histories in those pages of just about everything you could possibly look at. It would give you, you could spend a lifetime going through those pages that I, he just laid out here and researching each area there to see what's gone on in those things. And we're down at the very end of that thing. The, the story here goes on, and it says in verse 7, it says, uh, Then said uh, unto him, Because no man giveth us hire. He's talking about the 11th hour. These guys are sitting around at the 11th hour. So the 11th hour people are just kind of hanging out, not doing a whole lot of stuff. They've been lazy all day. And uh, the, the, the master of the vineyard goes out. In this case, the master of the vineyard is the Lord. And you got your apostles popping up at the very, this church starts. The Lord comes in, he starts the church. Uh, it, is, it is the kingdom of heaven, I will say that. It is a Jewish flavor. It is something in the future. However, comma, you can spiritually apply this thing very easily. Uh, your, your church age is split up into four sections, uh, and it goes from night to morning. And then this right here happens to be from morning to night. And when, when he starts in here, he gets, uh, he, your 9 a.m. would be 500 years, 12 p.m. would be 1,000 years. Uh, A.D., uh, 3 p.m. would be 1,500, and then 11 would be about 18, probably 1830, 1840, something like that, and that's where the, the timeline lays out. You'd say, well, why would the Lord say this? Because right in this passage in verse 8, he goes, so when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his stewards, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning at the, the last and the first. And when they came uh, that was hired about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they uh, should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. I, you can understand their, their dilemma. I understood it. I was like, this passage always bothered me. I'm like, it's fair. He says, whatever's fair, I'll do. And he was fair to them, and he, he bargained with them for a penny, and that's what they got was a penny. Uh, but you would think that, hey, if I worked all day hard for you, that you would give me this. And then he goes on, he goes, uh, uh, verse 10, but when the first came, they supposed that they should uh, have re uh, received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and, and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no harm, wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even unto, the, unto thee. And is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is, is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Father, again, bless the message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, I started looking at this passage. It's been in my mind for a long, long time. Uh, there's a lot of things in my mind for a long, long time. And some of them just stay there, and I think they'll probably always stay there. But as I was looking at this, I said, you know, it's kind of, these guys, they, they bore the heat of the day. And you get down to these last guys, and they, they come in at the last, not even at the last uh, part of the day at, at 3 o'clock. I mean, they don't get in until 5. And then they start working from 5 to 6, and they get the same thing. Brethren, we are at the end of the church age. We're at the end. Uh, we have brothers and sisters that have been down through history that have borne the heat of the day. But I'm telling you, well, there's so many pressures on us today to even survive, 
It's amazing. I was, I was glad to see everybody who, who all came out tonight to church. Uh, there's a thousand different reasons that we could find not to come to church. And you could, you could actually come up and, and justify it in your mind why not to come to church. There's a thousand different reasons of why not to serve Jesus Christ in the, in the time we're in right now. The pressures are great. I mean, you got to have this. you got to have that. No, you don't, by the way. No, you don't. Uh, you think you got to have this. You don't have to have this. The world says you have to have this. God never said you had to have this. Jesus Christ didn't have to have it. He went out fishing. He got his uh, disciples. He said, hey, let's go fishing. He said, first of all, he said they, he caught them when they were done. They were cleaning their nets. I think it's back in Matthew 4 or 5, something like that. They were cleaning their nets, and at the end of the day, they were done. They were finished, and the Lord said, hey, I need to preach to some people. It's always good to preach. I don't know about you, but it's a good time to find somebody to preach to. Uh, the Lord was always looking for somebody to preach with. You know what? Peter, James, and John was not looking for anybody to preach to. All they wanted to do is clean their nets. They were wore out. The end of the day, you know what's wrong with a lot of us? We just get wore out. We get tired. You've got to find some way of not getting tired in this time frame. Uh, you're going to get the same amount of pay that everybody else gets paid, but you're not going to bear the heat of the day. You haven't had to bear. You know what? When you see that history in that thing right there, what you see is a lot of men and women that bore the heat of the day. We don't have to do that. And that process is the Bible's being written out there where Jesus Christ was. The Bible's being laid out. Paul comes up with 14 New Testament books. Uh, Peter, James, and John writes theirs. Luke writes his, Acts and Luke. Uh, you start getting all that stuff written in there. And, and when it's all said and done, they got a Bible. And that thing is starting to be protected down through time. I've got a, I've got a couple things. But uh, the beginning of the church at 6 a.m., the, the Goodman goes out at the first of the day. I got to be done here in 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So believe me, I'm going to cover 6,000 years in 25 minutes. You, somebody said I couldn't do it, but I think I can. Uh, we'll find out. The beginning of the church starts at the new the day. He said, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder, which is God, which went out early in the morning. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this planet 2,000 years ago. And he's looking for some people to go out in his vineyard and work. And, brethren, I'm telling you what, sometimes you, you bear, if you look at what those men and women had to put up with back there, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they, they, were, they were brutally killed and murdered. Not Priscilla and Aquila, but some, most of them were back there. Uh, uh, Paul was out killing them, uh, doing everything they could uh, to stop it. And you, we're sitting here today with a Bible in our hands uh, because they didn't quit. They never quit. They kept going, and they kept going, and they kept going. Yet we're here at the end, and, and we're sitting out here. And if you don't watch out the pressures... You know, one thing I noticed is from the time of Christ up to about 1850, the pressures were all the same. They woke up in the morning. They went out in the field. See, even Jerry, look at Jerry. He's backsliding, man, back to the back row. He used to sit up here all the time. Now he's way in the back. He's saying, it's a woman thou gave us me, Lord. It's a woman. But when you sit there and look at it, oh, the pressures they had were equal almost all the way up to about 1850. And then it started changing. And then we started getting into an industrial revolution, and now you get into World War I, World War II, and women have to go work. Ladies, I don't care if y'all work. If, if, if I told Beth one time, she said she wasn't going to do the bills. I said, that's fine. You don't have to do the bills. I said, I'll do the bills. You're going to go to work. She said, okay, I'll do the bills. And she did the bills. That's the trade-off. But I think a lady, uh, personally, for me, that's my preference. That doesn't mean you have to do this. She can work anytime she wants. I am not a male chauvinist pig. But I did tell some ladies one time that my wife may be a male chauvinist pig. And if you don't like that, you can ask her why she did that. She has formed me, molded me, and she made me. I am the clay, she is the pot. No, that's. <laughs> I am what she said. But the beginning of the church, brethren, I mean, when they started, 
they, they went through a lot of stuff to get us to where we're at today. And I saw them at the rapture. And what I'm saying is one of these days you're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're in a time frame. I'm, I'm, I am all understanding, man. I've been through there. The pressures, you don't get off. When they quit at 6 o'clock here, they went home and went to bed. They didn't have their balls coming into their house. As a matter of fact, they didn't have their balls going. What are you doing about in the morning? And can you be here at certain time? Can you get in your truck and go here? No, they didn't do any of that. Can you get in your car? They gave me, they gave me a, uh, a car. They gave me a, a, a van to a company I worked for one time, uh, Crane Pro Services. And they sent me, he sent me down for an emergency call down to Appleton Paper Company down here, which they had these big, tall, overhead cranes. So you had to run the crane all the way down to one end of the building, which is huge. You got to crawl across the paper presses, get all the way down here at this end, and then take your lift and get up on the crane. Then you got to run it all the way down there because they don't want you to drop anything in any of the paper lifts to work on the way down there. So I'm up there, and this is back in the day of pagers. This isn't even cell phones. And I get this page, 911. I'm like, oh, what a moron. That was my boss. I shouldn't have said that about him, but he was. So I had to run the crane all the way back down here. That's the middle of winter, by the way. And above those presses, it's like 900 degrees. It's like hell in heaven. And so you're burning up up there, and you go down there, sweat dripping down. You go all the way out to the van. And I, my cell phone back then, these kids, which y'all couldn't understand this. You really wouldn't. You had this box that was about this big that fit in the van. And this antenna that was like 12 foot tall that was on the outside of the van. And then you had this phone with actually a cord on it that went to this other box that you had to pick up and dial the number. You didn't have this wherever you went. So I go out there and say, yes, what can I do? He goes, oh, I was just wondering what you were doing. <laughs> I'm like, are you an idiot or what, man? And then, but, but if you didn't do it, you got yelled at for not doing it. You know what that is today? It's just people trying to make other people do what they want to do. And, and you can't, you, that's the environment we live in. And I want you to know I understand that environment. I lived in it. I worked in it. I breathed in it. I, I survived in it. Uh, the only thing you can do to really survive in that environment is get ahead of them and work five times harder than what they think you're working so you're accomplishing everything and they leave you alone. And then you get a time to breathe. But that's where we're at. But that doesn't give us a reason not to serve Jesus Christ. Brother, by the end of the day, most of us are wore out. I mean, Beth, Beth, our kids all wanted to go to ball games. I told them, I said, they can go to ball games. I don't care how they get there. I don't care how they get back. I ain't taking them. She said, what? I said, I'm not going to let a bunch of little rugrats, mine, dictate to me what my life is going to be. It don't work that way. Now, if you've already done that, I can't do nothing for you. That's just me. You can say, well, your kids turned out pretty lousy. Then don't do what I did. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm just telling you that I had to make choices about what I was going to do so I could make sure that I kept God somewhere in my life. I'm not going to let this world dictate to me to say, do all this stuff, and you got to do all this stuff, and then I find out that my relationship with Jesus Christ fails. Ain't going to happen. That thing right there, when I look at that pattern, I'm looking at all those men down through there, women down through there uh, doing stuff. At, at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. in the morning, that's their church. That's the apostles, Paul. New Testament's being written. 12 p.m. or 9 is, is five, the year 500. Roman Catholic Church comes in, and that's where, I mean, they came in 325 A.D., and that's where all hell broke out. About 500 A.D., they, the Dark Ages came in, and, and we got brothers and sisters that lived into that Dark Ages and maintained. I got, I got some stuff here on just real, real quick. I don't want to 
I don't want to bore you too much with just data, raw data, because that's what it is. It's all raw data. Uh, the, the householder in this story bargained for everybody a penny a day. The Lord bargained for you, and he's promised you something. But in our particular case, uh, the pay's all the same. Uh, we all work down through history. I can see where my brothers and sisters, you know, I'm going to go get to heaven, and I'm going to see what all they had to do to get through what they got through, and they're going to look at us and say, you guys had it all, man. You had computers, you had cell phones, you had everything that you could pull that information up. At, and you know what it does? It makes you lazy. Because now all of a sudden you can do 100,000 other things at the same time, and the, the, you ought to get up early in the morning and read your Bible. I don't care what else you do. If you're doing something else that's taking you away from reading your Bible in the morning, you ought to throw it out the stinking window because it's not doing you any good. Now, you, we had uh, the Christians, the Christians when Jesus Christ came, when 325 happened, uh, what it was is constantly try to combine the two churches together, try to combine the pagans. That's where Easter came from, brethren. That's where Christmas came from. That's not Christian holidays. But, but hey, have your Easter eggs that I like. I like. I like jelly beans, man, jelly bellies. I like all the different flavor ones, man. I like going out to the mall. They got them all over the place. Uh, I'll eat them if you bring them to me. I'll actually, matter of fact, we'll get some for the kids. I'm not that hard. I'll let them have an Easter egg hunt around here. People say, why would you let them have an Easter egg hunt? Because I ain't going to have all the kids mad at me. <laughs> I sit in, in college down there, and Dr. Roman said, you're not going to do away with Christmas. I got it. I said, you're right, man. My wife loves it. I said, she would get rid of me before she gets rid of that stinking tree. And I'm just sitting in class thinking as he's going through that thing. He says, do it for the kids. They don't understand. They'll get it one day, but they don't understand now. But when they get old, they should get it. When you, when you tear everything out of their lives, they got to replace it with something else, and pretty soon they can't do it. So there was a break-off, and some of those guys said, no, we're not going to do this. So down through history, we got Christians, we got monetists, uh, uh, Nova, Novations, Puritans, uh, Paterines, Cathari, Cathari, yeah. Uh, you got Donovist, not, not Brian Donovist, but Don, Donatus, Donatists down through history. Paulicans, Arnoldist, uh, then they get on down through there, and there's Baptists down through there. All through the history of the church age, you have these people that came off down the side, and some of those people were brutally, brutally murdered for their stance in, in what they believed, and they wouldn't let that thing go. They let nothing get in the way to where they would die for what they believed. Now we're in this age where we think, oh, well, i got to have this, got to have that, got to have this, got to have this, got to have this, got to have this. That will kill us, and it will kill you. You say, wow, I'm telling you, I've been through it, done that, got the T-shirt. I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to get cold. These guys, you know what they did? You got a Bible sitting in your hand today because men protected it down through history. My question to you is, are you protecting it down through history? That story goes on, and they, they complain, they bellyache. And about the 16th century, I can be done here in 10 minutes. Watch this. You'll like this. Y'all are mad enough now anyway, so it's, we might as well just go on and finish it up. But in the 16th century, a group of men started something, and it starts with a guy named William Tyndale and Erasmus. And they, they come up, and, and that's where your Protestant Reformation pretty much starts with, with uh, uh, Martin Luther comes through. That's 14. William Tyndale lived 1494. To 1536, he lived 42 years. That was it. And in 42 years, he translated the Bible, and, and I think it was like seven or eight books of the New Testament. The King James scholars did nothing but finish up what William Tyndale started. 
in 42 years. Now, in the heat of the day, these men stood in the heat of the day. Paul stood in the heat of the day. Paul wrote 14 New Testament books, if you include Hebrews in there, which I do. He, he wrote 14 New Testament books in the heat of the day. John was out on the Isle of Patmos, and he wrote five books out there. John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and uh, the book of Revelation on the Isle of Patmos in the heat of the day. These men, they, they come up, and they have to, have to live and do, accomplish stuff. But look at this. Uh, John Bunyan. John Bunyan, you hear me all the time. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. 1628 to uh, 1688, 59 years, and Bunyan was dead. Yet he wrote one of the most important books outside of your Bible that was ever written. That's fact. That's fact. We don't read our Bible enough, so why would you read Pilgrim's Progress? Why would you read it? He wrote some other books uh, that he wrote on, on the same thing. He's a Puritan preacher. Tyndale was a, a uh, Protestant reformer. You'll, you'll get this here in just about two or three minutes, maybe. Jonathan Edwards, a Puritan preacher. 1703 to 1758, 54 years. He was a, I'm just looking at American preachers, great American preachers. George Whitfield, Methodist Church. If it wasn't for George Whitfield and, and uh, John and Charles Wesley, the Methodist Church wouldn't be there. They, they did it methodically. They got out there. They lived this thing. They went into it. They lived it. They didn't let life get in their way. They went out there and methodically figured out how to win souls and get to them methodically. That was John George, John and Charles Wesley, or John and Charles, uh, yeah, Wesley and George Whitfield. They said George Whitfield back in the day could stand on the stump and preach and you could hear him clearly a mile away. He lived 54 years. George, uh, George Whitfield was 54 years. Uh, yeah, he was a Methodist. Then he got Isaac Buc Buckus, Buckus. I had to put a Baptist in there because we got to have one. Uh, 1724 to 1806. He just ate chicken. He lived, he lived 80, 82 years. He, he outlived all the rest of them. <laughs> Typical Baptists don't do nothing. That's how he lived so long. I, I don't know. But Buckus was a good guy, Andy, but I ain't going to get into what all he did. Then you get, then you get into uh, the 18th century. or that, that was the 16th through the 18th century. Then you get other preachers in, coming up there. These are, the, these are your brothers, brother, and sisters. These are your brothers and sisters that bore the heat of the day. And then you wonder why they complained when these last guys come in at, at 11 o'clock and they get the same thing. They're going to get the same thing we got. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Aren't you glad he's gracious and merciful? And sweet and loving and kind and smiles. Charles Finney, William Booth. William Booth used to take his... William Booth uh, marching band and get stoned with rocks and bricks and everything else. Oh, later on down the road, yeah, it was, but he would go into the bowries of the worst cities you could get into, and he would go down through there and do exactly what he did. I'm telling you what, these guys are we're going to be standing with them. I believe every one of them saved. Dwight L. Moody. Moody used to chase people through Chicago, man, little kids, when he was not Dwight L. Moody, big Dwight L. Moody, when he was just a normal, everyday person. He didn't get to be Dwight L. Moody just because one day he went through college and all this. He didn't have an education like everybody else has. He would go out and get them. He would chase them through buildings and stuff and bring them to church. That's what Dwight L. Moody did. And then you wonder how Dwight L. Moody got to be what he was? He lived it. He just didn't speak it and nothing got in his way. Robert Moffat. Moffat was a, a Scottish preacher uh, and he was preaching in Scotland. And David Livingston was the little boy that got behind the thing over here. And they used to have to pump the thing. And on Wednesday night, they had a Wednesday night service, and Moffat got in there, and he, was, he looked around and says, oh, it's just a bunch of women. Women can't go on the mission field. Women are women. 
Women are just women. Not that they're bad. They're okay. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a woman. But women can't go on a mission field. But he said, the Lord sent me here, and I'm going to preach anyways. You know, sometimes the Lord tells you what to do, and you just won't have no idea why he told you what to do. You just do it. And you continue to do it until he tells you not to do it. Little Livingston, little boy, was pumping the organ, hurting. Next thing you know, he's grown up. Moffat still didn't know that Livingston was there. Years later, Livingston grows up, uh, goes and helps Brother Moffat, Dr. Moffat, and ends up marrying his daughter. Stays on a mission field in Africa. They said uh, David Livingston's heart was in Africa. They took his body back. Then you got Peter Cartwright, another Methodist, circuit riding preacher. Got on a donkey, man, a horse. And I've been at Salt River was where I was raised at in, in Louisville, Kentucky. I was in Bullock County. The Salt River runs out there, and, and you get around that thing in the wintertime. Oh, man, it gets ugly out there. And uh, just the winters, the cold, and he'd get on a horse and ride up through them and just go preach at a church, then go to another church and preach and another church and preach. And they would give him a, a bucket of potatoes. What an offering. He loved that, man. He, we love potatoes, man. Taters are good. Taters are good just about any way that you can cook a tater. I don't know too many different ways you can cook a tater that it is not good. Uh, but when you, that's all you get is corn and taters, then you better love what you're doing. And that's exactly what that man did. So you got that. You got Peter Cartwright, then James Chalmers. Then, now I'm going to tell you why our brethren were complaining. The 20th century comes around. We got Joyce Myers. Now, how do you think my brother Paul thinks about Joyce Myers? How do you think William Tyndale, who was, who was killed, thinks about Joyce Myers? We got Charles Stanley. Now, brethren, these, these are weak. Weak aren't even the word for it. Paula White. They don't even hold a candle. They don't even have a lit candle. They don't even have a match to light the candle compared to these people. Then what does that do that puts us in there? We got Benny Hinn. Woo-hoo! If you watch Benny Hinn, you got a problem. Other than looking, you, you get Saturday Night Live and Benny Hinn mixed up. You don't know which one to laugh at the most. That may be. But if you're watching Saturday Night Live, you got a problem. Then you got Joel Osteen. Brother, that's where we're at. And these brothers have been bearing the heat of the day for, for 1,900 years. And these guys are going to come in at the very end. I'm not saying they're lost. I'm not saying they're lost. I'm just saying they have compromised to where they are useless. Oh, well, they got Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. You can't miss, you can't not add Victoria Osteen in there with him because it's a pair. The two became one flesh, right? When they got married, they both got that smile. Ah! And Robert Schuler. These guys, when you get back to Matthew, watch this, I'm done. You say he, I told him, Amy said I couldn't do it. You said I couldn't. You're going to have to repent. We're not going to do, we're not going to have piano. We're going to have just an altar call so Amy can get a chance to repent. <laughs> Jesus Christ says in 15, Matthew 10, 2015, these guys are all mad. And isn't it just amazing? He lays this thing out in times. And when you start looking at your times down through history, uh, we fit right in that last time. And those 11 hours guys come in there, they work. Actually, brethren, we're not even in the 11th hour. If you take the 11th hour uh, from 18, 1850 to 1900, is 15 minutes. 
From 1900 to 1950 uh, is another 15 minutes, and that'd be 530. From, 20, from 1950 to 2000 is 545, and that would give you uh, to, uh, the year 2000. You got 15 minutes later. We're in the last 15 minutes. And you can look down through history and see the way. You, you are being pressured. Uh, I got a call today from an uh, a, a evangelist. Uh, it's a well-known evangelist. Uh, it's a real good one. I like him. I like him. He said, Mike, I said, yes, sir, brother, how you doing? I mean, he's, he's right up there with Dr. Peacock to me in that category. And he goes, uh, he says, I have a meeting scheduled for you in 2026. I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, that's fine. And he goes, but it's because of COVID, we had to move it out to 2027. I said, all right, that's even better. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, but this one-time special deal, I'm coming through 2023 in June. Do you, would you want me to come in for a week, uh, Monday through, or Sunday through Wednesday? And I said, yeah, go for it, man. Put me down. I said, hey, brother, got a question for you. He goes, yeah. I said, what happens if the rapture happens? He goes, brother, I will preach for whatever preacher's there then. You know what he's saying? He was joking, man. That was funny. Y'all should have laughed at that. <laughs> you should have laughed at that. He ain't going to be here, nor will we. But you know what? Here's, you got these men who are scheduling this stuff out and doing all this stuff and got their things. Dr. Peacock's schedule is, is scheduled out. Dr. Roman's schedule is scheduled out. They're out there doing stuff, trying to serve God. And brother, we got to watch out that we don't let this filthy, stinking world close us down and put so much pressure on us that we forget what we're here for. That history that y'all seen laying out here, that's what you, when I tell y'all you're going to be standing before God, these people will be there. And all the stuff that they went through down through history for us to stand out here the last 15 minutes and not do a thing. So I'm doing, really? Compared to these, if you walk into a vineyard in the last 15 minutes, what could you possibly do to prove to everybody that's been there for 11 hours and 45 minutes that you're worth your wages? What could you trust Jesus Christ? Got it. We're in heaven. But what could you do in those 15 minutes? And for most of us, it's not even 15 minutes. It's seconds. Your life is but a vapor. Just a vapor. It just goes by like that. And I don't care how much you make. I don't care how little you make. I don't care what you, what you got going on. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm telling you that your life is a vapor. That's Bible. That's not even Mike. That's not a Mikeism. Your life is a vapor, and it's going to go away. No matter how you figure the thing, these men, these men who were out there translating the Bible were in a day where 42 to 50 years was like an average, and they were gone. I'm already over that average. I'm already over it. And in any minute, there's some, some people, my mom's 90 years old, and today she finally told me, she goes, well, maybe it is my age that is causing some of my problems. I'm like, you finally got it? It's about time you open up your mind and see that thing and move up here with us. Well, I ain't there yet, but I will. I'm working on it. Brethren, I'm trying to encourage you to realize that, hey, number one, you got stuff pushing you all the way around. But that shouldn't keep you from serving God. That should not keep you. I never, I never have never let that get in my way. I've had people tell, tell me exactly what to do. I've had Christians tell me, oh, you need to do this. No, shut up, go away, do it. You do it. If you think, if God's convicting you that bad about doing it, then go do it. 
I'm doing all I can do right now. And I'm not here to do what everybody else thinks I'm supposed to do. And if you think that I'm supposed to do something and I'm not doing it, and you know if somebody's doing it better, I would suggest you go there. Joel Osteen has got 45,000 people. Go there. you got to go down to Texas to do it, but hey, go there. You say, why would you do that? Because, brethren, I think you, you got a couple seconds to do something. And some of you may only have microseconds. And you better be doing something. Because this time is going to fleet away and it's going to be gone. You know how long a nanosecond is? A nanosecond, a, 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 a physicist in the Navy, a, an admiral, lady physicist, trying to explain what a, a, a nanosecond was, she took a flashlight and went to a goalpost on a football field. And she pointed it at the other goalpost, and she clicked the flashlight, and the light hit the goalpost. She said, the amount of time it takes light to travel from that goalpost to that goalpost is a nanosecond. That's all that some of us were running on a field. There was a game Sunday, and the world stopped. They said that more people, uh, that it was the highest bet on game in the world, in history in the billions, and in heaven that won't matter squat. It won't even be brought up. I saw my mom today and she goes, I just got done praying. Now I don't suggest y'all do this. She goes, I prayed to the, 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 the saints. I said, God never heard it. She goes, I know, he never hears anything I say. <laughs> I'm like, have you ever thought that maybe you're talking to your, I said, mom, you'd be better off talking to your car. I said, your car's broke, and it goes bumpity-bumpity-bump as it goes down the street. You'd be better off out there laying your hands on your car going, oh, God, heal my car. I said, talking to Peter and James and John is not going to solve anything. As a matter of fact, God isn't going to even hear you. And she keeps talking like she didn't even hear a word I said. But, you know, I watched this TV program, and they pray to Mary. I'm like, they don't hear her either. Brother, I'm telling you what. You know what? you got a Bible sitting in your hand. Men gave their lives that history that you've seen there, do you see all the intricate stuff? There's, there's hundreds of thousands of things on that page that will lead you into thousands and thousands of other areas of people that gave their lives so that you could have a book in your hand. And you're in the last 15 seconds of history, 15 minutes of history. And you got a lot of brethren up there that's going to look at us. Well, I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm scared of meeting some of these guys. Some of them that, that were brutal. Fox's Book of Martyr. You ought to read that book, man. There's people that did. I mean, they were tortured for their faith. And they refused to let it go. And their wives, husbands were tortured, and their wives watched them, and then they were tortured and made the kids watch it. And yet, somehow, we're still here today. I walked into a satellite station one time, 85. And there was already probably about 10 ETs there and a few other chiefs and officers. And they all hated me because I walked in and I went by all the stuff they had to do to make E5. And here I do, I make E5 before I ever start working a day. They were right to hate me. You know what I had to do? I had to figure out in two years what I could do to show them that I could do what I was made to do and paid to do. And fortunately for me, uh, Mr. Balovich gave me the opportunity to do it. And that guy backed me. And as I did what I was supposed to do, he backed me more. And then some of the chiefs got on board. And pretty soon they were all on my side. And they seen me do some stuff. And they just helped me and helped me and helped me. 
and then I was one of them. But I walked in at the last couple minutes, and I had to prove myself. Brethren, you know what we got to do is prove ourselves. And not to each other, to the Lord. To the Lord. He is going to give me a penny. What a gracious, merciful God, man. I'm telling you what. I don't want to stand next to Joel Osteen. And I don't want to be anywhere around Joyce Myers. If you like Joyce Myers, you need to have your head examined. If you like any of those 20th century people, you need to... You know what? Real preachers... John R. Rice wasn't in there. Jack Howells wasn't in there. J. Frank Norris wasn't in there. That's our, that's our, that's our, our flavor right there. Dr. Ruckman wasn't in there. John R. Rice wasn't in there. Bill, uh, brother Dr. Gray wasn't in there. There's all kinds of preachers that weren't there that should have been there. There was a couple that were the good, but you're going to get back in the 19th century. You get in the 20th century, there's nothing. Brother, I'm telling you what, we're going to stand there, and you've got a few minutes left. You know what? We've got a bunch of gospel tracks out there. Uh, you could do all kinds of stuff with a gospel track. I went, I went over to Harrisburg yesterday. I'm done. I'm done. I went over to Harrisburg the other day to get a van. I got it. And I, got, I took my Bible with me, and I got in the airport up in Chicago, and I got me a, a, a McDonald's sandwich, and I sit down at this table, and I pulled my Bible out, my headphones, and just started reading my Bible right there. I looked around, people looked at me like, what is wrong with that nut? I said, this makes me want to read it even more. I just kept reading and reading and reading it. I was the last person on the plane. They said, Mr. Elliott, the plane can't leave till you get on. I said, wait a minute. Closed my Bible, put it up, got on the plane, got my Bible back out. I got all my Bible reading done on the way from here to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for two days. You say, what? Because I need to make sure I get it done. Brother, I'm telling you what, there's things that just need to go to the wayside. It won't matter. Sports, go to the wayside. Uh, any, uh, the poor, little, poor little Russian girl, 15 years old. She's taking heart medicine. They, took, they won't let her compete because she's on drugs, illegal drugs. <laughs> I don't know if she has a heart issue. But that's what the news, the whole news, they hate China. I hate China too. They got all our money. They got all our parts. They got everything. Everything we got is made in China. I'm made in China probably. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, history is here. And, and the Lord said in that passage, is it not mine to do with what I want to do with it? And it is. And I'm still going to go to heaven. And there's nothing that you can do. Once you get saved, you're there. But I tell you what, there's a way to go and a way not to go. And I don't want to go the other way. I don't want to be a Pharisee about it, but I would. I would like to be uh, somebody who I could walk in and actually have a story to tell. There ain't a person up here, not a single person, who's going to care about money. And they're not going to care about wealth. They're not going to care about none of that stuff. You know what they're going to care about? Is what did you do for Jesus? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, uh, thank you for everybody who came out on a Wednesday night. Lord, I know I'm just a blessing, Lord, they're here tonight. Uh, Lord, it's a blessing that they took the time to come, and, and I, I would pray that you'd bless them for that. But Lord, help us not to forget uh, in this last couple minutes that we're here on this planet. And Father, the, uh, the devil is going to try to get us to shut up as much as he possibly can. Uh, Lord, he tempted you with wealth. He tempted you with uh, power, everything that he could possibly tempt you with. And you said, it is written, it is written, it is written, and you pushed it all off to the side. And Lord Jesus, thank God that you did that. And uh, here we are today. And Lord, thank you for just uh, showing us that you have a field and you've still got people that you're looking for to come out and work. And Lord, help us to work. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen.